This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. A new head coach and boy genius, Mike McDaniel, the fastest cheetah to ever roam the football field, and an actual left tackle? Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. Before we jump into a fresh episode of Finsider Radio, Jake and Josh want you to please, please, please hit that subscribe button if you haven't yet. Subscribing to the show is the best way to know when Jake and Josh have something cooking in the kitchen iTunes, Spotify, it doesn't matter. Following helps others find the show, and we want to thank you for that. Now, let's talk some dolphins. A new era of Dolphins football begins. Welcome into Finsider Radio. This is the Jake and Josh show, and we've been waiting such a long time. It is finally game week. We are just days away from the Miami Dolphins hosting the New England Patriots, and I'm very excited to talk about it. And more than that, I'm very excited to talk about it with my co-host, the Twitter avatar of everything Miami Dolphins, Joshua Hudson. Josh, how's it been, man? How you doing? How you feeling? We're on our third pod this week, and... Dolphins football, man. It's coming. Yeah, that's how you know Dolphins football is back. I mean, we just keep pumping out content. I think the spaces went out too overnight. So, I mean, there's so much on that Dolphins Twitter feed on the Finsider. So, please subscribe if you're not already. Leave us a five-star review as we always say. But, dude, I cannot believe we're finally here. And I'm going to be honest. I'm starting to get a little bit of a sick feeling. You know, that little nervousness. It almost feels like uh, when you were a kid going to the first day of school, right? I mean, you don't know what to expect. And you don't want to leave home after, you know, this long hiatus. But I'm stoked, man. Check your pulse if you're not fired up. But what about you, man? How you feeling? I'm just excited. I'm really into how everything's going to uh, you know, play out. Last night, dude, I did my final fantasy draft. I won't say too, too much about it, but 18 team, six player rosters, $200 salary cap, guillotine league. So that was a little weird. It was a little out there, but I mean, that's kind of what the football season's before. Before we get into the into this, Josh, I just have one quick question. Living in Pennsylvania, do you, do you test your waters gambling at all, or do you kind of ride the straight and narrow with just you know your fantasy? I'll definitely test the waters a little bit, Jake. I'm going to be honest. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, I can't deposit money into my FanDuel account right now. You know, for whatever reason, the bank account uh, flags it 
credit card flags it or they won't accept it. PayPal, they won't accept that. So I'm struggling to get some money in that account, but there's definitely some season bets I'm trying to make. Definitely some parlays. And let's be honest, I think we all want to bet on that Dolphins game this weekend. Um, so I'm definitely trying to get some money in there, Jake. Definitely trying to test the waters. What about you? You got your eye on any bets this weekend trying to win some cash money the Birdman? Oh, man, I hope so. But first and foremost, man, I, I, I love the Dolphins this week the number has already swung from two and a swung yeah i say that so dramatically two and a half to three and a half maybe if we have enough time at the end i'll go into a couple more bets that i'm uh starting to eye but josh one o'clock on sunday dolphins are hosting the patriots uh miami swept new england last year the first time since 2000 the first time since i was six years old so that's that's pretty impressive and something we hit on earlier this week josh bill belichick 321 career wins including the playoffs mike mcdaniel we got a big old goose egg. Uh, that is one of the biggest disparities we've seen in terms of coaching matchups. The only other big ones all were around the best coach of all time. That's Don Shula in the 1994-1995 seasons. And the stats this time around aren't on the Dolphins' side because the winningest coach in NFL history won all six of those games for the Miami Dolphins. So, Josh, just knowing that, just seeing the the new, you know, lucky-go-happy coach against the guy, the the – uh, war veteran, I guess we should call him. I mean, are you nervous right there just for that matchup? I guess so. I mean, it's hard not to be when one has so much experience and the other ones, you know, coming in a new season, first time head coach. I do have to throw out the se the regular season, you know, series history. I think the Dolphins are 58 and 52 lifetime and the New England Patriots hold the lead in the playoffs at two and one record. So um, Dolphins won four of the last five. Am I wrong? I think it's just crazy that the Dolphins have, um, you know, kind of turned this series around and some of those teams that the Dolphins had, I honestly did not feel nearly as confident heading into those seasons as we do this year. So definitely nervous. I mentioned the, the butterflies and things like that, but I think that's just me being the same old Dolphins fan. And like um, Eric said in our last podcast, at some point we got to get over that loser's mentality, but um, I might still be doing that for another 20 years. <laughs> Dude, you, you hit the nail on the head yesterday when you said, you know, you don't know how you'd last those two weeks before the Super Bowl, man. That's just, man, the, I don't know if there, uh, there's enough room on this world for the amount of butterflies I'd be feeling. But Josh, the Patriots and the Dolphins, they kind of flipped the script when it comes to the injury port this week. When you look at what the Dolphins uh, threw out there on Wednesday, I think there's like nine guys listed here on the injury report from Selvan Ahmed, Tron Armstead, Chase Edmonds, Tanner Connor. Miles Gaskin, Alec Ingold, Melvin Ingram, Nick Needham, Eric Rowe, Andrew Van Ginkle, and Jalen Waddle. Josh, all those guys are limited. Does anyone here stick out to you? Is there anyone you're actually concerned about? Because uh, to me, it just kind of seems like a formality, all these guys being limited. I mean, that's the Patriot way for, for years. Yeah, I think uh, Melvin Ingram and Teron Armstead were both listed as, you know, vet rest, no injury. So that the, as soon as you said Teron Armstead, you know, that was the name that really stuck out. But um, the fact that they're just resting him, trying to get him right. I mean, that's what they've done all, all season long. I guess maybe you look at Alec Ingold a little bit, you know, how's he mm -hmm. handling that? I mean, we have Seaton Carter on the roster and, you know, that might be where he fits in there. So not too nerd. Oh, wait, Nick Needham. Nick Needham would be the guy I think that would give me a little bit of a queasy feeling, right? I mean, if he's not out there opposite of um, Xavier Howard, then you're almost certainly throwing Noah Igbenogany to the fire. And then Eric mm -hmm. Rowe, that was a guy who we said, you know, the Dolphins might use a little bit more at cornerback because he is versatile there, has experience playing in the nickel. Uh, with New England. So I guess those, when you already have a depleted secondary, seeing Nick Needham and Eric Rowe, two guys that you probably were going to lean on pretty heavily this weekend. Um, yeah, that would make me feel a little queasy, but it was early in the week. We'll see how this progresses throughout the week. And you always got to mention Jalen Waddle. It's just kind of been the talk of the last month of if he's actually going to be able to go. I'm still feeling like Mike McDaniel pretty confident, but man, we're figuring out. You never know with these things. For the Patriots, Bill Belichick has already come out and said that he, uh, everyone on the team has a chance to play. 
Only three guys listed on the injury report. Jacoby Myers with a knee injury. Isaiah Wynn, uh, one of their offensive linemen, right tackle with a back. Uh, he was limited as well. And then Josh, the Patriots had two guys that I was kind of like, oh, wow, they're on the Patriots now. I had no idea. One, Ty Montgomery, he was inj- uh, He suffered an injury about a two weeks ago, I think it was. Uh, he was limited with a knee. And also the other guy, Jabril Peppers. Those are two guys I had no idea joined New England this offseason. Yeah, and I mean, Peppers was a guy that was highly touted coming out of college, you know, very good safety. So, I mean, that's interesting, man. I'm interested to see the way those guys are thrown into the fire because let's be honest, they're going against some of the best receivers in football. Another name that I guess uh, I saw someone yesterday say, you know, this was going to be a breakout year for him. And I kind of forgot where he was in his, you know, progress but Rayquan McMillan we got to remember mm-hmm. he was a guy who I absolutely love for the Dolphins so you know I'm gonna joke but could this be a Rayquan McMillan revenge game where we see him out there you know hair on fire making tackles like we always hope but um yeah I guess those are definitely some surprises Jabril Peppers and um Ty Montgomery is Montgomery their starter I guess not he's probably just their what like third down receiving yeah. type back sort of thing that they're going to utilize in a Debo Samuel type way of course of course, Debo Samuel is exactly what they're looking for. Uh, J.J. Taylor kind of fit that role last year, if you want to go back and kind of have an idea of how the Patriots will use Ty Montgomery. Uh, Josh, four Dolphins running backs were listed on the injury report. You know, Chase Edmonds, Miles Gaskin, Alec Ingold, and Selvan Ahmed up at the top there. Uh, I wouldn't say I'm worried about that, but I think as we start to look at this matchup and how the Dolphins are going to win this game, I'm going to sound like the biggest boomer of all time, man, but it's all about you got to pound that rock. You got to run the football. You look back that week 17 matchup from last year, week 18, week 18 matchup from last year. And uh, the Dolphins ran for over 200 yards against the Patriots. And Josh, if you need a reminder, the Dolphins were awful, awful at running the football last year. You know, you're, you're signing Philip Lindsay, you're signing Duke Johnson off the street, just trying to get something out. And, you know, the fact they were able to kind of, you know, force it down the Pat's throat like that was was a very impressive thing to see. So I think first and foremost, Josh, it starts with this running game, especially when you consider the fact there are four new guys playing at least at new places on this offensive line. Miami spends a boatload of money on Toronto instead. Little less, but still a decent chunk to Connor Williams and, you know, Robert Hunt, second round pick. Austin Jackson, first round pick. Liam Eichenberg, another high second round pick. So, man, there's there's a lot of investment into the trenches, into this running game when you consider where Mike McDaniel is coming from. So I think that to me is where uh, the first and foremost, the, the most important matchup will take place. Yeah, the Dolphins won that game, I think, 33-24. Unfortunately, our season was already, you know, cooked at that point. But that's interesting you brought that up, Jake, about the run game because our good friend Brian Cat uh, at Brian Cat NFL. Uh, just tweeted out the Dolphins running backs versus Pats D in the last three games, 81 carries, 453 yards, two touchdowns. That's 5.53 yards per carry. And only two Dolphin running backs have run for 108 plus yards in a game in Dolphins uh, last 52 games. Salvin Ahmed versus the Pats in 2020 and Duke Johnson versus the Pats in 2021. So very interesting stat there. And you're right, man. It's going to be all about how this offensive line plays. I don't know if you touched on it, but Austin Jackson versus Matt Judon. We know how important Matt Judon is to that front seven. I don't know if you saw it, but I think they asked him a question about um, Tua Tungvalu and if they admire him. And he's just like, uh, why? I, I respect his game, but why would I admire someone on, you know, <laughs> yeah, the right. opponent, you know, division rival? So I kind of like that answer. That's kind of what I think I probably would have said if I was asked. But I mean, when you think about what Matt Judon's been able to do throughout his NFL career, you know, whether he was with Baltimore, you know, now he's at New England and going against Austin Jackson, man. I mean, that's a huge test right out the gate. And I'm just a little worried when as cliche as it sounds. I mean, the Dolphins success this season is going to have a lot to do with the way that offensive line looks. We mentioned the Matt Judon versus 
Austin Jackson, but the rest of that front is pretty decent as well. Uh, Dietrich Wise Jr., Devon Godshaw, Christian Barrymore. I mean, those two guys up front are some big dudes, and then Lawrence Guy. So um, let's see the way this all plays out, right? Mac Wilson Jr. coming off the other edge. So um, tough task at hand for sure. And again, as cliche as it sounds, this Dolphins season is going to be won and lost in the trenches. Yeah, and overall, I wouldn't say the – Patriots defensive line is super scary. They just gave Devon Godshaw a new contract. Matt, Matthew guys, Lawrence guy, excuse me, is another guy on that list. Uh, what I'm really interested to see, Josh, it's it's kind of, you know, the Dolphins run this defense too. New England's secondary is where they get a lot of their uh, spark from. You look at Jalen Mills and Devin McCourty, they were actually two of New England's top run stoppers last year. So it's going to be about isolating those guys and hoping, you know, Chase Edmonds makes one of those guys miss. Um, and going back... Also, man, Jabril Peppers is another interesting aspect to this group because I look at McCourty again and Peppers. These are two guys who I think are going to take snaps from the slot and two guys who are really good at rushing the passer. So while, you know, Devon, Godshaw, Lawrence, Guy aren't going to be guys you're really too concerned about, uh, the way you can line up, you know, Peppers, Devin McCourty um, in different spots of the field was just going to be another ripple that, hey, two has got to keep his eye out for these different things. They're going to give you different looks you're not prepared for. And, and to me, if you can take advantage of that and kind of run through that a little bit, I think it's just going to make things so simple for uh, Tua to take a shot and not have to deal with the, you know, the different mismatches and the different coverages that are just, you know, disguised. Yeah, and that's secondary. I mean, I I think we talked about it, you know, previous podcasts, way down the line. Jalen Mills, man, that was a guy who I remember he, when he played for the Eagles. He, they think they call him the Green Goblin. He had that green hair, but he was always getting beaten coverage, man. So um, mm-hmm. it's just crazy. I know they think highly of Jonathan Jones. I mean, but to look at what the secondary, you know, turned into. Last year they had J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore. You know, that was one of the better secondaries at one point. And you just looked at New England and you were a little bit envious of all the pieces they had. And they just let them all walk. And now, you know, we're mm-hmm. trying to see what they have in those guys. So I think, you know, when you – Look at Jalen Mills, Jonathan Jones. Hopefully, Jalen Waddle can go, you know, against with and with Tyree Kill, Cedric Wilson, with all mm-hmm. these different pieces. I mean, I'm looking at that as a favorable matchup for Miami. And that's definitely one that you hope they can take advantage of. But I don't know, Jake. Do they really need to go out there and, you know, throw the ball so many times? Because I have up to his stats here. And I I mean, I don't want people to bash him, but we always joke about how he's three and oh against the New England Patriots, or at least I do. But when you look at the numbers, the first matchup, 20 to 26, 145 yards, uh, an interception, two sacks. Then in 2021, that week one game, 16 of 27 for 202 yards, one touchdown. And then the final game, 15 to 22 for 109 yards and one touchdown. Yes, he had some rushing yards in there, but I mean, the most yards he's thrown against that defense was 202 yards. So, I mean, uh, I mean, you expect to, I think, to put up better numbers than that against the secondary, but I don't know that they're really going to need him to ask him to, you know, because they're going to have see a lot lighter boxes. They're going to be able to run that football, like you mentioned, uh, when last year they had that off the offensive line. So um, I think that's one way to attack that secondary for sure. And it's going to be ultimately maybe the way this game's won and lost. And, and I think it's kind of worth considering that Tua has kind of struggled with the, the Patriots in the past, despite the 3-0 record. I mean, you just listed the numbers. And I kind of am looking at how this game script's going to pay out. Because if you look at the fact that if the Dolphins come out, you know, run the football, take that early 10-0 lead, they can instantly go and, and just kind of slow the game way down. You know, you're not going to need Tua to throw the ball 30, 40 times. The, the one thing that stuck out, Josh, I think the one thing uh, in all those games you mentioned, his highest number of attempts is 27 right and I think Mike McDaniel is only going to impact that even more where if the team gets out to a decent league it's going to be a lot you know safer of football and obviously every coach wants to do that but you hire someone like Mike McDaniel to play safe but effective football and that's how you get better at you know 
squeezing out clock and really controlling that pace of football games. So, you know, you, you run the football, you keep the cock moving. You know, if, you know, this is a three, nothing game at half and Tua needs to start throwing the ball a little more. You're obviously a little worried that, Hey, you know, he might even move the ball a bunch down the field, but all it takes is one play from peppers, one play from McCordy to kind of mess things up and ruin the flow and offense. If it's not working too, too well. Yeah, and those numbers don't really tell the full story. I mean, I mentioned he had three rushing touchdowns, and I think we all remember some of those plays he had. I mean, one, he, you know, mm-hmm. pump faked, and the defender was in the air, and I think he ended up making a nice play on that. And we all remember that first down run he had where he got up and was all cocky, you know, with Jalen Waddle in the background. So the numbers don't tell the full story, but you definitely want to see Tua Tungavaloa, I guess, put up better numbers against, again, this secondary that looks depleted on paper. Let's take a break, Josh, and on the other side, we'll get into the defensive matchup for the Miami Dolphins. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical. And Josh, when we look at this Miami Dolphins defense, I think one of the biggest questions you have, and, and easily I think the biggest is what is this defense going to look like without Brian Flores, you know, being the nucleus of it last year, they had the best pressure rate per snap via football outsiders. And, you know, you wonder, should it, Adding Melvin Ingram, should adding Trey Flowers, Javon Holland, you know, getting another year older, Brandon Jones, the same thing. These should only help that pass rate get even better. And then you have to consider the fact 17 and a half sacks combined between Jalen Phillips and Emmanuel Agba. Overall, this was a team that was seventh in sacks per pass attempt. Josh, I just don't want to see a defense that gets a little more passive. You know, the the aggressiveness, the ability to kind of flip the script and, and control a game with just one play, whether it be an interception, a fumble, a big hit. I'm really hoping this defense kind of continues with that identity. But how do you feel? What do you see about this unit? Yeah, and that's kind of the the thing that we struggle with, right, Jake? We don't know how many who was calling plays last year. We don't know who was game planning for what. So I'm interested to see the way it looks. I do think that you mentioned Trey Flowers, you know, Melvin Ingram, some of those other pieces they got there. I think that's going to help a world with, you know, to not have that drop off. But I do am a little bit concerned about that secondary because, again, with Byron Jones out of lineup, you're number two corner, big time player in the league with him out of lineup, you know, Nick Needham's on the injury reserve list, you know, for whatever reason, Eric Rowe again, banged up. So I'm a little bit concerned with how that secondary looks, at least on paper. But again, I'm not the biggest fan of Mac Jones. You know, I don't think that he's a godly quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, again, he won a playoff game or something with what three passes or uh, a regular season game. So I think the, way to do this man is to hopefully stop that run because you mentioned Ty Montgomery added that uh, backfield but they also had Damian Harris who's a very good running back Ramondre Stevenson who can pound the rock so um, I think the one thing I want to see is how this run defense has improved because for so many years it seemed like the Dolphins struggled to stop the run you had all those different players in the mix you know you got Jalen Phillips taking the next step this season I think it'll be much improved but again we really don't know anything I think that's what's so hard about doing these preview shows man is that we're coming on here talking about a team who I admittedly did not watch much of any New England Patriots, you know, throughout this preseason. So um, it's kind of a guessing game at this point. But I think you go out there, you stop the run and you force Mac Jones to beat you. And I think good things will come from that. The Dolphins last year, Josh, uh, played more with six DBs on the field than, than any other team last year. And you look at it, Nick Needham, questionable. Eric Rowe, questionable. Byron Jones out. I still have a hard time seeing this team not going with that same identity. And it really comes down to 
is Noah Igbenogany going to give up that big play? Uh, is Elijah Campbell going to be taking snaps at safety? If they do, you know, move the chess pieces around, like we said, and you put Eric Rowe kind of playing as that slot guy. And I think that's kind of your concern about where, you know, this defense could fall apart, right? It's just those big plays opposite of Xavier Howard. And to me, Josh, I, I think that's why to really dictate this game, it, it starts with, hey, again, stopping the Patriots from running the football. That way, you know, you can get them into obvious patching, passing situations and kind of help out the guys like Noah Igbenagi. Don't leave them on that island where, hey, you know, you think about this Dolphins defense last year. It was always blitzing. It was always man defense. It was really pressuring the quarterback and, and forcing them into mistakes. When you can kind of burst out to that 17-3 to three lead, whatever it may be, you force Ma uh, Mac Jones and that offense to play a little differently. Uh, but at the same time, if Miami can't get on the scoreboard, you're allowing Damian Harris, who 86.6 PFF grade last year, that was one of the highest on the page Patriots team. He had 15 touchdowns a season ago, and you add in Ramondre Stevenson, solid running back last year, and they're only seeing better things from him so far this preseason. He's becoming more of a threat in the passing game. So if we can ignore those two, I think that is going to be the most important factor for Miami's defense. Considering, man, Devontae Parker revenge game, you know, we wish him the best, but against Xavier Howard, considering two physical, strong cornerbacks, give me Howard 10 times out of 10. 11 times out of 10, probably. I yeah, think, right. But again, back to the run game. I mean, we looked at this front seven and we thought about the depth. You know, at one point we thought the cornerback was a strong suit. I mean, you look at that Dolphins defensive front and that's definitely one of the strengths of this team. So I hope mm -hmm. they can go out there and stop those guys. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson, I absolutely think the world of him. And they also have a, guy, a rookie, uh, Pierre Strong Jr. So we'll see what, how he gets fit into that mix. I'm looking at their depth chart, though, Jake, and I'm surprised because they have Jacoby Myers and Nelson Aguilar listed ahead of uh, Devontae Parker. So you mentioned that revenge game. Um, we know that he was kind of their big addition, I guess, that receiving core um, this offseason. So I want to see how him and Mac Jones, you know, the different chemistry they have. But you're right, man. If Xavier Howard's stuck on Devontae Parker, I mean, that's game over for him nighty night. And another put Kendrick Bourne, someone he's just in terms of analytics, he really stuck out as an outlier of someone who really made the most of his snaps on the field. Uh, so just another guy that they, they have a bunch of guys who have all flashed, but it goes back to the old saying of anybody who makes it to the NFL is going to flash that top tier potential. But the ones who stick around are the ones who can do it uh, consistently. And then finally, man, the, the one more matchup that, you know, I think a lot of people have been given a lot of hype to this year is what's going to happen with Javon Holland. Is he going to become uh, continue to become an absolute stud? You look last year in 84.7 PFF grade. That was number four at a 92 safeties. His only issue, he struggled in the passing game a little bit, really stopping the pass. So you're wondering, the, the Patriots are a team that paid a lot of money for Hunter Henry, uh, nine touchdowns last season. And Jonu Smith, who's entering his second season after dealing with some injuries a season ago. So you wonder, Javon Holland and, and even Jerome Baker, one of the faces of this defense, can they contain Jonu Smith? Can they contain Hunter Henry? Because we know the New England Patriots love to use their tight ends and they paid a lot for him. Yeah, I'm glad you brought those two guys up because let's be honest, I mean, they're some of the better tight ends in all of football. And I think what was so impressive about Javon Holland as a rookie was they were playing a lot of single high safety with him. I mean, he was playing off the ball so far and there were times when he was mm -hmm. you know, sideline to sideline in the pass coverage, 
running up to the line and making hits, you know, in the backfield. So just such an impressive player. Another name I want to throw out there, though, is Channing Tindall. Could that be a role that you might see him in? You know, he's a pretty good coverage That's linebacker, it. got that speed. Maybe they utilize him in some of those situations. Um, I know a lot of us think he might be that quarterback spy, you know, when they go against Josh Allen and company. But I don't think you have to worry too much about Mac Jones using those legs. But um, seeing the way Javon Holland has progressed this offseason, or at least hearing about it from Mike McDaniel, gives you goosebumps. And again, those matchups are definitely going to be something to watch. And you hope Jerome Baker can improve on that. 60.9 mm-hmm. because you know we said it didn't really mean much but Atlanta Roberts being named a captain over Jerome Baker I mean that to me meant something at least in my mind that's a great point Josh and you know it, it's going to change throughout the season who's going to be the guy but I mean to see Jerome Baker kind of run out with his hair on fire that would be the hey you know you, you missed with your team captain there Josh we're wrapping things up here and let's get into it the only part of this entire show that matters the predictions and when I was doing research for this show, all the NFL writers on NFL.com, the, the writers and media guys who give their picks, <laughs> all of them picked the Miami Dolphins. And all I got to say to that is oof. oops, because I think we're I think we're doomed, right? That's just nail coffin. Kiss of the death every time. That's definitely not good for the Dolphins. And I think it didn't most people, was it NFL game day or something? Everybody picked uh, the Bills to win the Super Bowl. So I'm kind of okay with that too, because they definitely got the kiss of death there. That's our main goal of the season is to make sure the Bills are not winning a Super Bowl. Uh, but back to week one, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. The Dolphins are, we spoke about it earlier, being two and a half points. The Dolphins are now giving three and a half points with the over under set at 46 and a half points. I'm joining you this year. I'm joining Kevin this year. Everyone else on the Finsider by um, putting posting all our picks in tally site. And I'm actually having a lot of fun with that going into the season. I know Kevin's had a lot of success. Uh, so Josh, first and foremost, give me your thoughts when you go on to tally site, you, you see these numbers. How do you think the Dolphins are going to approach this game? You know, I couldn't even get on tally site. I know Kevin always, he's <laughs> almost like my dad where he's reminding me constantly. And I missed so many weeks last season. So definitely check it out. Cause it's an awesome site. It lists all of our, you know, picks throughout the season I was a little bit surprised though it's up to three and a half now I mean again I think that Dolphin fans were always overly confident especially heading into week one but for some reason this game just feels different maybe it's because again Dolphins have won four of the last five we joked that two has never lost a game but I I think that over and under I think the Dolphins are going to go over that I mean I know you I don't know that you had an actual prediction right now, but I just wrote down 31-17 Dolphins I mean I think the way that they come out here and you mentioned it we're going to attack Mac Jones stop the run and then you're just going to hopefully you know spread the defense out you know take some deep shots early with Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle hopefully and then that's going to leave those soft boxes for the Dolphins to attack and rush for what 200 plus yards again so um optimistics always high week one um 31 17 Dolphins I really I I originally liked the over and now I'm going to talk myself into the over because I think I'm leaning to the under yeah that sounded really confusing I'm sorry um for some reason, 30 to 10, a final score of 30 to 10. And that is such a cocky Dolphin fan answer. Uh, but I consider the fact it's early in the season. And if, you know, Miami gets out to a 30 to 10 lead, I don't see a way the Patriots aren't backdoor hitting a touchdown to make it the 30 to 17 or whatever it may be. So, Josh, I agree with you there. Um, I, I hate this. I hate being this confident because, man, I've been I've been this confident before. We say this feels different, but we felt different before. And um we're not listening to the who maybe maybe we will be fooled again but god i hope not 
Yeah, I, I hope we're not doing this thing again where I'm sitting here saying, you know, we're good with Brian Flores, you know, how great it feels now to have a coach. And you're just like, yeah, man, you got temporary expectations. Then a couple of days you later, he's fired, Meyer. man. I mean, we have not even seen Mike McDaniel coach a regular season game yet. So um, we'll say temporary expectations, but let's be honest, man, adrenaline's running high. You got to check your pulse. We all got goosebumps and the football season has started. And uh, I mean, I'm just so thankful that we finally have it back in our life. And like you said, I hope it's not the same old Dolphins where we're looking back at it. Like, why did we feel so optimistic? and confident heading into that game if everyone's all jazzed up and needs a bit of content and you want to talk some more dolphins josh we've done seven ourselves um obviously the fin cider feed includes more people than just ourselves but if you see any fin slider any fin cider radio that's us and seven shows in the last two weeks so go back scratch every itch you have because it's football season and we only have a couple more days uh before every team half the league has a loss and everyone's starting to feel terrible so let, let's at least soak in this feeling for now Thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a blast to cover the Dolphins this preseason, and we're excited to see what the season will hold. Hopefully it's something good. We're looking forward to it. And most of all, fins up. Fins up. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami.